tonight. If you would, turn to the back of the New Testament, to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, good to see the Bakers back again tonight. Glad to have you here. Appreciate Brother Baker preaching for us on Sunday night. And uh, I know those grandkids are enjoying who their babysitters are. Amen. Uh, there's one thing to have a babysitter. It's another thing when it's your grandparents because they usually spoil you a little bit. And so glad to have them back here with us another time tonight. First Peter chapter 1, and uh, if you would look down to verse 3 as we stand together tonight. First Peter chapter 1, and look down to verse 3. And we're going to read down through about verse number 7. And uh, then let you be seated. We just prayed for the message, so we'll let you be seated after we read. First Peter chapter 1, look down to verse 3. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I'm thankful we have that in our present, aren't you? We have a lively hope. But then watch what it says in verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Aren't you glad because of Jesus? He's changed our present. He's also changed our future. I'm thankful for that promise tonight. Verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though, now watch this word here, though now for a season, if need be, are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Verse 7, our key text tonight, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You may be seated tonight since we've already prayed. I want you to think about how many names we read off of that list. I want you to think about how many people are facing different trials and needs in their life. Uh, we have a couple of families right now in the hospital, able to visit with them a little while today. And uh, it's heartbreaking when folks go through trials and go through trying times. Uh, just this week, uh, I don't know how many conversations I've had with people who uh, have asked for prayer because they have a trial in their family. Maybe a trial with their child, maybe a trial with their spouse, maybe a marital problem. Uh, this week, the Ray was in my office. We were visiting together. Uh, we are talking about different churches he's been in uh, as he travels around the country, and he is hearing the same thing that I am hearing. As he goes to different churches, he is finding churches that are going through great trials, uh, going through trying times. As a matter of fact, Brother Ray told me there's churches who have closed their doors that he has preached in before. Uh, there are preachers who he has preached in their churches in the past who are no longer in the church right now because of trying times. I think about conversations I've had over the phone this week where people call and we're discussing cancer, uh, terminal diagnosis of cancer. Just a horrible word. It's one that will strike fear into our hearts and uh, raise the hair up on our neck when our doctor mentions that dreaded word that it could be cancer. Uh, here in just a little, uh, well, less than 48 hours, we will have a funeral here for one of our own, Brother John Castlin and Miss Mary as they are grieving. She's going through what we would call, we look down to verse number seven, a trying time. I got a phone call yesterday morning uh, from an evangelist I know very well. He says, I'm asking you to pray for my home church. This is a great church, great independent Baptist church, great soul winning, bus running church. He said, I want you to pray for my church tonight. I said, why is that? He says, my church is going through a trial and we're experiencing a very trying time. And boy, one after another, I think we could all agree tonight that we regularly hear of people and know of people or may even be those people that are going through trying times. 
going through what verse 7 talks about as a trial. Now, as a pastor, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, that is when I feel my humanity the most. When you have a trial or a trying time, this family has this need, and this person has this need, and this person's in the hospital, and this person's planning a funeral, and all of these folks are going through trying times, and sometimes I'm just beside myself on how to help. Because I don't have a pill that will answer every problem. I don't have the right words that's going to soothe every fear and every doubt that people have. I don't have any magic words that are going to stabilize that evangelist church is going through a trial right now. But those trials are not always bad things. I'll tell you that because there are times that trials make us reach for something that is totally beyond ourselves, And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, I say it often, I'm an American, I'm not an American, I am self-reliant, I like figuring things out. Now, not to the point that I'm going to break something just so that I can fix it. Uh, my dad had a friend of ours with a James Lee, uh, he loved what we called rigging things. Everybody know what rigging is? It's where you patch it up. And you just feel more like a man when you rig something, take out a clothes hanger, some duct tape, you know, some bubble gum, and you've made your car run, you know, for, you know, a 30, 40 more miles down the road. You just feel more manly when you rig something. And the, my dad's friend, I think he would break things just so that he could rig them and fix them uh, to feel more like a man. Now, I'm not all about that. I like fixing things. I like fixing things myself. I don't like saying I don't know how to fix something. But sometimes God allows things to come into our life that is totally beyond the reach of our knowledge, our capability, and even our desire to fix it. And those are frustrating times, aren't they? Frustrating when somebody has a need in their life, and I sit up in hospitals, people that are diagnosed with cancer, and the doctor says, there is no hope for you. And as a pastor, I'll never forget the first week that I was ever a pastor, Brother Baker. You know, you think about being a pastor, I'm going to sit in an office, folks are going to come in and ask me how to be saved, I'm going to get behind the pulpit and I'm going to preach, I'm going to go out, I'm going to knock doors, and that's what being a pastor is all about. My very first week as being a pastor, I sat in a university medical center in Jackson uh, with Miss Kims, one of my dad's church members years and years ago. A lady was in her 40s. The doctor comes out and he says, it's terminal. Get your affairs in order. Here I was, just a young pastor in my 20s. I was trying to think of something to say to fix the need that lady had. And there was nothing. There was nothing I could say. There was not a card I could write her that was going to fix the problem of what she was feeling at that moment. It was at that time and those times in my life where I go through these trials that I realize that I need something more and something that's beyond myself. I need to give people something. I need to have something personally uh, that is going to help them through the time that verse 7 says, watch this, that is a trial. It's the trial of our faith. Now, it's not something that's fun. But God gives us what we need in those times when the trial is beyond us. Aren't you glad? We have a heavenly father. I was talking to Brother Mickey. Was it last week? Was it five years? Last week, you don't mind me saying this, do you? Last week was five years that he was cancer-free. Five years. I mean, he had a cancer diagnosis. The goodness and greatness of God reached down and healed. But can you imagine how you feel when you get that diagnosis? You have cancer. That's not something a pastor can fix or a spouse can fix. You need something from God. And sometimes it's those trials that help steer us to what we can only get from God. We're stubborn folk, aren't we? 
Well, maybe I am. Me and Brother Richard and Brother Michael, we are stubborn folk. And there are times we're going to go through trials and we are going to do our best to fix it and, and, and transform it on ourselves. And then finally the trial guides us into the truth that we needed that we could only get from God. Now I want you to think about something. In, in John chapter 16, I'll read this for you. Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure. When he is gone and he's going to be resurrected and ascended to the Father. And here's what he says. He says, after he's gone, he says, the spirit of truth is come. When the spirit, capital S, is come, he will guide you into all truth. All right? I told my wife this today. I, I don't know that I've ever noticed the word into. That it's the spirit that guides us into truth. That there are times we needed to be guided into truth. And that's what the spirit does. The Spirit is like that, the guardrails, those bumper lanes in bowling. I know none of you use them, especially our teenage boys. But sometimes when you're bowling, you need those bumper lanes, right? Why? To guide that ball out of the gutters and down the lane where it needs to go. All right, that's the way the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit guides us, remember that four-letter word, into. There are times the Spirit guides us into truth. But you know something else that guides us into God's truth? I have found in my life that trials and trying times guide me into truth. That there are times in my life when I'm not exactly sure where to go and what to do. And God in his goodness, I can't believe I'm saying this because my flesh hates what I'm about to say. God loves me enough to let me go through trying times to guide me into his truth. He says, I love you enough that I'm going to use that trial in verse number 7 in your trying time, to help guide you into truth. Now tonight, I want to I show you that in verse number 7. Very, very, very simple thought that the Lord has brought to light in my life through trials and difficulties we go through, whether it's health or financial. Tonight, I want to give you truths for trying times of verse 7. Truths for trying times. I was walking through the NICU unit today, <clears throat> going back to see little Samuel. And I'm looking on my left, there's rooms, and on my right, there's rooms, and I see moms and dads in there. And boy, moms and dads are worried. You got hoses and little cords and wires protruding from the noses and, and skin of the bodies of their little babies, precious little babies. There was a mom last night, we were at the hospital there, and Brother Aaron and I were sitting in the, the, the rec room, the recreational room there, the food room, while uh, Leslie and uh, Laura went back to see the baby. And a mom comes in, her eyes, you could tell she was crying, bloodshot eyes. She's there in the NICU unit with her child. You know, there was nothing I could say to her, but thanks be to God, there are truths in God's word that will help guide them in trying times. And tonight I want to I give you three uh, if I possibly could as we look down into this. Now, look at verse 7. The Bible says, now watch close. The Bible says that the trial of your faith. Now, there's something, there's something amazing here in, in the very beginning opening sentence of verse 7 that's at the heart of our trials. Trials have a way of unmasking the real need in our life. All right? Uh, do you remember Scooby-Doo? <clears throat> Maybe not. All right, I do. I remember Scooby-Doo. It was a clean cartoon. My sister and I would get up on Saturday mornings. Mom and Dad had one of those great big televisions uh, that had the phone built into it. Y'all remember those? It was a floor model television. You know, people steal TVs today. You'd never steal that one. I don't know that it would fit in the back of a pickup truck. We'd get up. That was the only day of the week we could get ourselves out of bed. 
<laughs> it's amazing. We get up, we go downstairs, we'd watch cartoons. We turn on their Scooby Doo. Now I didn't know who the culprit was going to be, but I always knew the culprit was not who they thought it was. All right, and so they catch the guy, they sit him down, and you think it's the swamp monster. And all this swamp monster has been terrorizing kids at this camp. And you pull the mask off, it's always the gardener. I don't know why it's always the gardener, but it's always the gardener. And they pull the mask off and they're like, it's the gardener. It was not the swamp monster. Now, listen to me. Trials have a way of unmasking the true needs in our life. Trials do. All right, watch this. You may be going through a financial trial in your life and you're thinking, I have a financial need. And maybe on the surface, it is a financial need. Maybe you're going through a trial with children, trying to raise children in 2023. I mean, that's tough, trying to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That is tough in the world we're living in. And maybe you're having trouble with your child, and you're thinking, I'm just having parenting trials in my life. Maybe on the surface, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe even health. Can I tell you what's at the root of it for the child of God? Look at verse 7. Watch this. That the trial of your faith. The first truth I want to give you tonight, truth in trying times is this. In trying times, faith becomes our focus. When we go through a trying time in our life, we quit worrying about, hey, I got to fix the financials and I got to fix this. When the trial goes on long enough, do you know what it makes us unmask the problem and reveal? A need in the faith department. Do you know, think about it this way tonight. You say, well, I have a financial problem. I don't have a faith problem. For the child of God, our finances are faith. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. What's the context of that verse? The context was the disciples considering what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Where are we going to stay? Their physical needs in this life. He says, look, take no thought. That is not for you to worry about. What you should be worrying about is seeking first the kingdom of God. So we go through these financial problems. And we go through these financial problems. We go through these financial problems. And then ultimately it drives us to a place where one day we check out on our faith, don't we? Am I pleasing the Lord? I, I've been there a few times in my life. I think our country will get there one day. What happens? Well, when we go through trying times, the first truth of that is trying times helps us see what verse 7 says, the trial of your faith. Think about in our marriage. You have marriage trouble, marriage trouble, marriage trouble. A lot of times the first band-aid that I see in marriage trouble is people break out the credit card. I'm going to fix the problem by buying my wife more jewelry, a nicer car. I'm going to fix the problem by buying her flowers or taking her on a vacation. Now, granted, I'm sure she appreciates all those things, but that's not what the problem is. You go through marital trouble, marital trouble, marital trouble. After a while, you get tired of struggling through that marital trouble. Do you know what people will do eventually? They're going to crack open the pages of this book. Could it be that maybe I'm not the Ephesians 5.25 husband that I ought to be? Maybe you're not being the Ephesians 5 wife that you ought to be. Can I tell you, most of the problems we have in our marriages today go back to not following God's order. That's it. It's a faith problem. Do I believe that if I will love my wife as Christ loves the church, that's the best husband I can be? Do I believe as a wife, if I submit myself to my husband, that that's the way that I honor God and that's the way that I'm pleasing to him? Do I believe that or not? You see, it's a matter of faith. Do I believe it? Think about it this way, in our health. 
You say, well, health surely is not a, a matter of faith. I beg to differ. In John chapter 9, there was someone I recall who had an infirmity in their flesh. And the disciples asked, who sinned? Who sinned? Aren't you glad to see humans don't change? Something goes wrong. And we're like, yep, see, that's, that's what I told you. That's what you have coming to you. What did Jesus say? He hasn't sinned. His mom and dad hasn't sinned. This has happened so that God would be glorified. That man's health, that man's health was all a matter of the will of God for his life. You see, it goes back to faith. It goes back to faith. Folks, you may not be all that you want to be physically, but can I tell you, God was the one who fearfully and wonderfully made us. We are exactly the way that God wants us to be. And God made us the way. I, I was six foot tall at 12. <clears throat> I knew I was going to be 6'5", because I wanted to play in the NBA. The Lord's like, okay, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I quit growing after 12. It's like, done. I quenched the spirit of my growth spurt. It was it. I thought I wanted to be this tall. God, I thought I needed to be this. Can I tell you, God made me exactly the way God wants me to be. I joke about my ears every once in a while, but hey, he made them. He put them up. Take it up with my designer. He put them on here. Even, hey, even my bald spot's designer. Why? That's part of his will. I have a designer bald spot. Can I tell you, even our health is a matter of, hey, you may not have what you want to physically, but I'll tell you something. Our Father knows that. And no matter what our health is, we can glorify God in our health, but that trial of our health, what does it do? It helps us see that first truth. A trial helps guide us to a focus on our faith. Maybe tonight I've got to ask myself, do I really believe what I say I believe? Is God sovereign in my life? It's been my personal experience. Nothing reveals or refines our faith like trying times. Nothing reveals or refines our faith like trying times. You know, it's a shame I don't have as much faith when the bank account is full. I don't have as much faith when my tires are good. You know, when you stick the quarter down there in the tread, and you can't even see, you can't even see George Washington at all. Forget his head, man. Those treads are so deep. Let me tell you, when you can see the wire on your tires, that'll guide you into a focus on your faith. When you can feel that knot on your tires, some of you have never been poor, and I can tell. Some of you are just looking at me like, what? When you're going down the road and you feel that knot, and your daughter says, it's supposed to do that? Yes. Yes, honey. Our car's got rhythm going down the road. Can I tell you something tonight? When you go through a trial, I'll never forget the minivan we had, that blue minivan. Leslie's in the nursery tonight. She'll remember it. We had to climb under the car and tap on the starter to get it to crank. Humiliating. I was at Cedar Grove Baptist Church in these folks' neck of the woods preaching a revival. Came out of the Walmart there in, in the metropolis of Newton. And you pray that it just cranks. There's people from the church I just preached at in the parking lot. Please click. Click. And you see your wife reaching under the seat for the hammer. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> no, I never did that. Take off your coat, slide under there. Tap, 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 tap. Tick, click, click. Can I tell you? I learned how to pray for our vehicle better when it didn't run well. 
than when it did run well. You understand tonight, trying times are not something we like and we enjoy, but you know what they'll do? Well, they'll give you one truth. It'll guide you into a truth. What is that? Faith will become our focus. I think about 9-11, we, we just marked the commemoration of that. I mean, it's hard to believe it's 22 years ago. I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing. Dad and I and my brother were, were building a house. We are on the garage rafters. We got the first call about the planes hitting. And last, uh, on Monday night, Leslie and I sat down to watch a documentary on it. We haven't watched it in a while. And um, just wept. Just sat there on the couch and wept. You're, you're seeing people jump out of buildings. And, and then the buildings imploding and falling to the ground. And the firemen that you knew were in there. And they died. And you were listening to the voice recordings of all of that. And... And I remember seeing on the documentary the other night all these people standing in the streets just weeping. And I remember the Sunday after September 11th, I was preaching at a church uh, near Meridian. The church houses were full. Why? Trying time. Our nation was in a trying time. People were not worried about what the score was on the ball game. People were not worried about what the stock market was doing. No, what happened? That trying time, watch, guided them into the truth that what they had need of was beyond themselves and they could only get from God. Here's the sad thing. What is the mantra of September 11th? Never forget. Never forget. You know, I'm afraid we've forgotten. I'm afraid we've forgotten. Why? Because you don't see that level of faith anymore. I want you to think about Abraham real quick, and I'll give you the second thing. It'll get shorter as we go along. Think about Abraham and Isaac, if you would. God tells you, I want you to take your son, your only son, and sacrifice him on Mount Moriah, the mountain I'm going to show you. From the moment that Abraham heard that, I believe he was having a trying time. From that moment, you're about to lose your only son that God has given you. He's about to die, and you're going to have to go sacrifice him on the mountain just because God said so. Just because God said so. The Bible says that they load up all of the supplies and they're on their way to Mount Moriah. Can you imagine how heavy the heart of Abraham was? I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I don't want to imagine losing my only child. I can't imagine that. But then losing them at your own hand, I can't imagine that. And then they get there and they're on their way up the mountain and Isaac began asking his dad, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Trying time. Trying time. But do you know what got Abraham through that trying time? It was his faith. You say, how do you know that? Well, you go read the book of Hebrews. The Bible says that he believed that God would raise him up. That trying time guided him into a deeper faith. Look, I don't know how much faith you have tonight, but trusting God to sacrifice your child, that's going to guide you into a deeper faith in the truth of trusting in God. There's a term, a text message, uh, I'm, I'm not old, um, but I am realizing I'm not up to speed as I was on all of the abbreviations, okay? All right, so uh, LOL, what does that mean, guys? Laugh out loud. For those of you who are over 40 like me, it does not mean lots of love. I read that story online where this lady texts her daughter and she says, Grandma died, and, and then she te- the mom texted back and she says, LOL. She's like, what? She thought it meant lots of love. It does not mean that. It means laugh out loud. So Grandma died, laugh out loud. No, it means laugh out loud, okay? So uh, the other day, somebody sent me one, and it took a second, okay? My age is showing. Somebody just did IDK. I'm like, is that like Ikea? What is that, IDK? And then when I realized it, it's I don't know for those of you that... I wish you could have saw what I just saw. Yeah, you're over 40. Yeah. 
do you know there's a lot of IDKs in life, aren't there? You're going through a trial. What are you going to do? I don't know. One of the bakers going to come home from the hospital. I don't know. Why do little babies have to go through trouble like that? Hospital full of them tonight. Why is Brother Wayne Roberts up there tonight? He'd rather be home with his family. Why is he up there? IDK. I don't know. But can I give you another three-letter abbreviation? D-I-B. That will be your answer. Do I believe? Do I believe there's a sovereign God in heaven? Do I believe that God works all things together for my good? Do I believe that or not? You see, when we go through those trying times, it steers us to this truth, and that truth is faith must become our focus. It gets us to a place to say, you know what, God, I am in a trying time, but you know what? I believe that you know what's going on. I believe you'll not leave me in this any longer than I need to be, and I believe you're going to be glorified even if it hurts me. You see, it's faith. That's what happens. We go through trying times, it guides us to this truth that faith has got to become our focus. Now, why would God do that? I'll be honest, I, I've been preaching a long time, but boy, it's tough looking at little babies with wires coming out of their body and feeding tubes in. That's tough. You wonder why, why, God, why I'm going through this trial, they're going through this trial, why, 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 why? And then I read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says, without faith it's impossible to please God. So, wait a minute, let's reverse engineer this truth if we could. I can't please God without faith. But sometimes I'm not going to have the faith I need to have without a trying time. And so there's a sovereign God in heaven who loves me enough to know that I will not please him unless he allows trials to come through my life and he allows that trial to come in my life to a deeper faith in him so that one day when I stand before him eternally, which is a long time, he'll say, well done. Now, just think this, about this for a moment. God loves us enough to allow us to go through that so that we can better please him. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. And sometimes, if you're hard-headed as I am, sometimes it takes a trial in my life for me to get to a place of, of a greater faith in God. So, number one tonight, number one tonight, what is the truth in trying times? Well, faith becomes our focus. I want to give you this, and I'll give you the second point. Job chapter 1, we see Job going through what is obviously a trying time. What got Job through that? There's a beautiful picture in verse 21. What got Job through that trying time, the trial of his faith? What got him through that? Well, he says in verse 21, the Lord gave and the Lord taken away. He believed that God was in charge. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. He says, listen to me, this is not random. I believe in God. I have faith in God that God's going to bless me with what I need and the Lord's going to take away what I don't need. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What got him through the trying time? Watch, that trying time guided him into a truth greater than probably he had ever known of how much he could trust God. He was in his faith. Number one tonight, what's the first truth? Faith becomes our focus. Then look down on verse 7. We're going to hurry. Verse 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, watch this next line, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. As you keep reading, you see the outcome of what trying does for us. The Bible says we go through this trial, this trying time, and we don't like it, but God is showing us something about our faith and leading us to a greater faith. Why? Verse 7 says, 
that we might be found. That we might be found. He wants to reveal something through our faith. This is the second truth I want you to see tonight about trying times. Trying times and in trying times, watch, faith becomes functional. Our faith is no longer just something that we profess. Our faith is something we put into action. Now, I got I to tell you tonight, we're in the South, and we're in the Bible Belt. That's good and that's bad at times. And faith, if you're not careful, is easily more of a reflex than a reality, okay? Faith is a reflex. What do you mean by that? Well, when something goes wrong, you have a flat tire, what do every good Baptist say? Hey, all things work together for good. You want to punch them in the throat, don't you? Yeah, you're sitting on the side of the road, and they pull up in their air-conditioned car, and your air conditioner's not working, and you're sitting there, and you have a flat tire. And Hey, all things work together for good. Sometimes our faith is more of a reflex than a reality. You know, I mentioned this a while back. We say, I'm praying for you, and I'm going to pray for you. But hear me out. Romans 8, 28, yes, it is a truth, but it is a truth that you really put to the test and learn more about in trying times. That's where you find out if it's functional. Okay? Sometimes I believe our faith is more of a fashionable faith than a functional faith. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, it's a faith that we wear, but we don't put to use. All right? Romans 8, 28. Preacher, I'm going to tell you, Romans 8, 28. But when you are on the side of the road of that flat tire, you find out your faith was more fashionable than functional. Why? Because we don't walk in the spirit. We get in the flesh and we don't trust in God. Folks, can I tell you tonight, when we go through trying times, we find out that faith becomes functional. Someone said once, and I believe it wholeheartedly, a faith that can't be tried can't be trusted. A faith that can't be tried can't be trusted. I'll give an example. I just read this story this week. I wasn't looking for the story, but I read this story this week. A man by the name of Franz Reichtel. I'll show you a picture of him right quick. Franz Reichtel. That is him. What an outfit. Amen? He was from Hungary, and he was a tailor. He made clothes. And he was one of the pioneers of the parachute, as you can see. But he thought you could make clothes that doubled as a parachute, okay? Only a man could come up with an idea like that. Yes, your wife asks you, honey, why are you wearing that today? You never know when you're going to need a parachute. Honey, you never get off the ground in your job. Does it matter? You just never know. I may need that in my life. And so he was working on designing the parachute suit. That he could wear, that if he fell, it would parachute him to the ground. True story. Go home and Google it and read the story about Mr. Franz. It is quite tragic. He worked on it and he studied it and he worked on it and designed it. And he kept telling everybody, this is going to be the best thing in the world. You're going to be able to jump off high places and glide softly to the ground. And after a while, he believed it so much, he climbed 57 meters up into the Eiffel Tower. And they have it on video. And he jumped off. And he died. It did not work. Now, you're thinking, what a dummy. You know, why would someone do that? Can I tell you, he believed it so much, he decided to find out if it was functional. Put it to the test. I mean, bless his heart. I mean, they got it on video. It's black and white video, but they got it on video. I mean, he just would, I mean, no kidding. He just jumps right off the Eiffel Tower and it speeds straight toward the ground and dies upon impact. And you're thinking, wow, what a dummy. No, can I tell you something? He believed in that enough to find out if it was functional. He says, I want to, watch this, to find out 
if it'll uphold me. I want to find out if it'll get me softly to the ground. And the only way to find out was to put it to the test. Can I tell you, I think a lot of us tonight, we don't know if our faith will get us safely to the ground. We don't know if if our faith is going to help us get to where God would have us to go. Why? We don't know if our faith is functional yet. At some point in our life, watch, as we go through trials, that's the time to begin pulling the spiritual tools out of the toolbox. And say, boy, mom and dad taught me this scripture as a kid. I learned this in Sunday school. I heard the preacher preaching about this. And we have all these wonderful tools of our faith. When we go through a trying time, that's the time to do it. Verse 7 says, find out, put it to work. Do I believe God or not? It's like a spare tire on your car. You know, nowadays they don't put real tires in there. This is a sign of the times. We are in trying times. I mean, I'm just ashamed to drive on a donut, you know, just a little wimpy. Americans shouldn't drive on donuts, all right? Maybe in a foreign country, but not in America. We're America. We have full-size tires. And, man, you you drive around with that thing, and finally you have a blowout. I'm like, well, here we go. You go take that little tire out, and you're looking at it, and you're thinking, I'm not sure if it's going to work. And, man, you put it on there, and your car looks goofy as all get out. But, man, it works. You know why it works? Because the people who designed that car gave you what you need to get you where you're going. But you don't find out if it works until you put it into practice. Can I tell you, trying times are horrible. We hate them and we want out of them. But one of the best things that can happen is that it guides us into the truth to find out that our faith is functional. That what God says is true. And what God said he would do, he will do. And God will get us safely to the ground. God has never had a child of his who by faith stepped off in a trial and jumped off that he did not get them safely down. That's not God. It's impossible for God to lie. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. His hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Listen to me tonight. I don't like trials either. But let a trying time guide you into the truth that your faith is functional. It works. It works. You ever cooked something on a recipe and you weren't sure about it and you tasted it and you're like, whoa, it's good. Husbands don't ever do that. I just saw Miss Christie bump, bump somebody. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> don't ever go, man, this is actually pretty good. Don't do that. Don't do that. Young men don't ever do that. All right? I'll cover that in pre-marriage counseling in about 30 years when you get there. You're like, man, it, it worked. Yes, it works. Why? Because God said it would. Because God said it would. Trying times. We don't like them. But what truth could it guide us into? Well, that our faith becomes functional. I think about Peter. Jesus comes to Peter and he says, Peter, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as weed. You know what Jesus just told Peter? You're about to go through a trying time. That's what he told him. You're about to go through a trying time, Peter. You're about to go through a trying time. But what did Jesus say? Peter, you better go get a big stick and some rocks. Get you a bow and arrow. No, no, no. He says, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Do you know what he was telling him? You're about to go through a trying time, and that trying time is going to reveal a lot about your faith. Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. What was he telling him? He says, Peter, you need to lean on your faith because that's the only thing that will function in the trying time. You know, it's nice. I, I, I get cards and letters and post-it notes 
all the time. All the, I am so thankful for our people with text messages. I get text messages. Miss Judy sends me these little, I call them GIFs, you call them GIFs, but I call them GIFs. Little GIFs all the time. Encourage. I'm thankful for those. But can I tell you, every one of us will get at a place sooner or later in your life where you're in a trying time. And the only thing that's going to help you is a functional faith. Now watch verse 7. That it might be found you know, we don't like going through trials, but can I tell you something about those trials? When you go through these trials, you're going to find out what your faith is. It's going to reveal it. You're going to find out if it was real or not. Now look, God has given us so much to work with in the trying times. A lot of times we never put it into practice. Brother Aaron and I were, were standing there today looking at little Samuel, and uh, I think he's going to be a song leader because he's always moving his hands up in the air like this. He had the two, four time down pretty good. Oh, we're in there today. Bless his heart, man. He's got ears like a, a hawk, man. He just, when he heard a noise, put his hands up in the air, you know. And uh, I guess he's feeling guilty, you know, hands in the air kind of thing. But we're standing there, and because of all the wires and because of all of the um, tubes that were there, Brother Aaron says, I just want to pick him up and hold him. He says, you know, I'm just, my, my child is there. It's like, it's like having a, a new toy you can't play with. I said, you know, it's like at Christmas time, you get this brand new whatever it is, but you didn't get the batteries. You know, it got lost in the supply chain somewhere. And man, you got it, but you can't do anything with it. Can I just encourage you tonight? I, I really do want to just encourage you tonight. When you go through trying times, let those trying times. Remember what John 16 says? It will guide you into truth. What is the truth that needs to guide you into? Well, the simple fact that your faith is functional. Put it to use. Proverbs 25, 4, the Bible says, you take away the dross from the silver, you have a vessel for the finer. He says, hey, I, I'm going to heat up that silver. I'm heating it. I say, wow, you know what? That silver could talk. The silver would say, I don't like this. Are you all with me? If, if you're the silver and you're getting cooked from underneath, you're saying, I don't like this. This is hot. This is a trying time. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a good truth here that through that heat, God is preparing us to be more of a functional Christian. It's a vessel for the finer. What is a vessel? It's something to be used. Man, God's letting me go through a trying time in my life. Maybe your health, your marriage, and maybe your children. God's letting you go through that trying time. Why? To make you more of a functional Christian. He's using that trial. What's verse 7 say? That you might be found out. God's going to help us see our faith through the trial we're going through. This is hard to say, but hey, we ought to be thankful that God entrusts us with trials so that we can become more useful. Can I tell you a scary thought? And I'll close with, I'll close with a high note, okay? Can I tell you a scary thought? When you're so not useful for God, there's no need to even try you anymore. I'm, I'm not going to use you. You're saying, well, that would be the life. No trials. No trying times. No, watch. Can I tell you what trials and trying times ought to show you? God's not done with you yet. God's not done with you yet. He's still boiling the silver. Why? So there would be a vessel for the finer, all right? If you read Isaiah 48, 10, the Bible talks about the furnace of affliction. We won't go there tonight, but boy, what a, what a powerful verse that is. Finally, I want to show you something really back at the beginning of the verse. Verse 7, look down the very beginning. The Bible said the trial of your faith being much more precious. Precious. Could we just be honest tonight? We go through a trying time, a problem. I don't think any of us would say, boy, this is precious. I mean, if you do, you're an awesome Christian, and I admire you. If I get a flat tire on the way to the office tomorrow morning, you know, and I'm sitting there on the side of the road as you pass by and honk and say, hey, all things work together for good, 
I promise you. I'm not going to get out in my suit, go to the trunk, get out the donut, walk around and go, this is precious. <laughs> if I do, slap me, okay? This is precious. This is precious. You, you're not going to get up tomorrow and go to work and your boss put a, a double load on your desk of things you've got to do in places you've got to go. And, Man, this is just precious. You're not going to get a cancer diagnosis tomorrow and go, this is precious. You're not going to find out your kid is sick tomorrow and say, boy, this is precious. So what does he say in verse 7? That it's the trial of our faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. The Bible goes on to say being found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing. Man, precious praise, honor, and glory. These are not things that we associate with trying times, but that's the third truth we can learn through trying times. Number three, I'll give you this, and we're going to be done tonight. Faith can be fulfilled. Through we, when we go through trying times, these are the times that our faith can be fulfilled. You know, in my notes, when I wrote down this, I wrote down faith is fulfilled, but I had to go back and scratch that out. It's not that it is, but it can be. That's why we use the word faithful. That means you've got to stick it out. You've got to stay faithful in the trying times, why? Because only through faithfulness in the trying times do you find out why it was so precious and why God let us go through that and why God lets you feel that and why God lets you experience that. Can I tell you something? We have a promise from God. Do we believe it? That the Bible says that as we go through these trying times that it will be more precious than gold and then the Bible says it's unto the praise and glory of God at his appearing. Do we believe that or not? See, that's where the faith comes in. That trying time guides us into the truth that our faith can be fulfilled. How do we do that? We must remain faithful. Paul put it this way, and I'll close with this. Paul's getting ready to die, and he's going to have his head chopped off. You tell me tonight, you're going to chop my head off? I would call that a trying time. I'd probably be crying. But as he's preparing to have his head chopped off, he said, I've fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And what's that last part that he says? I have kept the faith. Can you imagine being in a place of such peace in your life about to have your head chopped off? To be looking forward to what God promised. That you know, watch, my faith is about to be fulfilled because I kept it. I did not give up on God in the trying times. I remained faithful, and through that trial, watch, it guided me into the truth that my faith will be fulfilled. One day our faith, if we keep it like Paul, will become sight. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know what we're going to feel like, but I believe it. And that truth, watch, guides me through trying times just to keep trusting God. There's a lot of people tonight who are worse off than we are, people in the hospital, people that are struggling financially. I got a letter in the mail today of somebody who can't afford uh, medicine for their kid, uh, talking to pastors who are quitting the ministry, talking to missionaries who are struggling on their field. And there's just so many things going on, trying times. If you're not in one, you will be. As you go through trying times, can I tell you, look, I know we don't want to stay there and we want to get out of it as soon as possible. But remember John 16? Let it guide you into a truth. 
What is that truth? Oh, it's very simple. Let that trying time bring your faith into focus. All right, it's not really financial. It's not really health. I've just got to decide, do I believe God? And then let it show you the truth that your faith needs to be functional. Not just something you speak about. It's got to be functional. I'm going to put my faith to the test. I'm just going to trust God to help me land softly because one day my faith can be fulfilled if I keep it. Heads are bowed.